You are listening to the Conversational Selling Podcast with Nancy Calabrese. Hi, everyone. It's Nancy Calabrese, and it's time again for Conversational Selling, the podcast where sales leaders and business experts share what's going on in sales and marketing today. And it always starts with the human conversation. Today, we're speaking with Joe Palo, founder of Sell Nothing a company where he trains CEOs, EVP, and top sales professionals to build emotional relationships with clients and team members. Joe's unique approach to sales, called the emotional sale, focuses on leveraging emotions for sales success. Drawing from his 30,000-plus personal sales calls um, and diverse clientele, Joe has helped hundreds of individuals and teams double their productivity. Besides consulting and coaching, his expertise extends to keynote speaking, sales presentations, and a creator of the earning sales system, and I believe a relatively newer program called Silver Bullets. Welcome to the show, Joe. This is going to be a fun discussion. Hey, Nancy. Looking forward to it, and thank you for having me. Oh, I'm I'm so excited. So, you know, uh, why is the word selling such a scary word for so many people? I think it's probably because we've all been on the receiving end of being part of a bad sales presentation or a bad sales call. Yeah. Um, I think we've all seen it and it just is that ickiness that's out there in sales, but I don't believe it's needed. Yeah. It's not the right way to sell. No. I, I mean, I, I just, I can't get enough about selling. And and so the next question I had is, how do you keep track of 30,000 personal sales calls? <laughs> <laughs> well, the majority of those, I spent six summers, uh, that's how I paid my way through college, selling okay. books door to door. Okay. So door to door sales, you're going to get that number up pretty high. and You're going to learn how to sell or, right. or you're going to starve one way or the other. Right. And you, your company name is very clever, Sell Nothing. What prompted you to name it that? Well, I think it's with the understanding of all the, I mean, all my experience in sales, it seems like there, well, we all know there's two sales need to happen in order to get the next step. Or two right. buckets need to be filled. The logical sale or the logical bucket, the emotional sale or the emotional bucket. Right. They're both important, but we all know the emotional bucket needs to happen. That makes people decide. The logical bucket confirms the sale. The emotional bucket makes it happen. Well, uh, Sell Nothing, uh, the book was written with the concept that we want our clients, my clients, to tell me what they want and why they want it. That's the emotional sale. Yeah. Um, My voice, the salesperson, I fill up that logical bucket with words because I know all the logic and the numbers and I've got a marketing department behind me. I'm really good at making that logical sale. Right. Emotional bucket is filled up with their words. Right. Emotions are weird things and they're fickle and they change. They don't make sense. Well, we have to get them talking not only what they want, but why they want it. The art of selling nothing is selling what people want and why they want it. Yeah. Yeah. It, It really is all about them. So first you have to kind of uncover what it is they need and what issues they're having, determining can we solve their problems. Um, tell us a little bit uh, about the earning system that you uh, created. Well, when we 
like a, hey, my sales, you know, the night before you make a plan, it's kind of like having a battle plan. Mm-hmm. It looks really good, but when the battle starts or the sales meeting starts, take the plan and chuck it out the window. It doesn't work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so earning is an acronym and each letter stands for part. Ideally, we want to go through it in the cycle, but it doesn't have to be. It just keeps us on track. Okay. And it's just getting them. The E stands for, I just need to evaluate their current reality. Okay. Um, I need to ask questions, my data gather. If I'm going to make an apples to apples comparison, I need to ask enough questions to know what type of apples they have. Okay. I'm going to ask apples or oranges. I still need to start out with that point. So that's the E. The A stands for what are the advantages? What do they like about their current vendor? And I get a lot of times I get people pushing back saying, Joe, I don't want to ask that question. I'm talking them into staying who they want to be with. Right. Um, I like asking that question. One, I get different results because I do things differently. So that differentiates me. Two, me asking what they like about their current vendor screams confidence. Yeah. Sales are giving the confidence people. But the biggest reason, they're literally telling me their hot buttons. When I right. say, what do you like about your current vendor? If they say I like his communication or I like this, back in my mind, I'm thinking, I got to close on that in whether five minutes or five weeks or five months. And right. I'm not going to know unless they tell me. So that's the E and the A. Right. The R is revise. What do they want to change? That's the major reason why they're going to go forward, but I don't lead off with that. Okay. I get the current reality and then uh, ask, what do they like about it? Then I have to ask, what do they want to change? The N, who can say no? Who else needs to be involved in the sales? Right. Sometimes you can back out, sometimes you can't, but I want to know who are the other decision makers. Right. That E-A-R-N-I, this is an important one. If you want one step that you can apply tomorrow, I simply interpret back what you just said. Okay. Just say, hey, just for clarity, I'm going to take two minutes and just rattle off what they have. It does a lot of things because I start hearing things like, well, heck, Paolo, you said it better than I did. Uh And mentally, I'm on their side of the table. I have not even started selling because the biggest complaint with sales is no one listens to me. I'm just repeating back what they just said. The second N is nothing. What if nothing changes? Okay. Because I need that to get a sense of urgency. And I'll generally ask, well, what else? Because I'll get a fluff answer. Right. So I ask, well, what if nothing changes? Well, well, tell me more about that. I'll get them talking about that. And then the G is the gain is the pay value. Okay. I have not even started talking about my product or service yet. That's the essence of selling nothing. We go through this process on every sales call. If it's a longer selling cycle, we just repeat it. Right. Wow. I think um, your uh, point of repeating what you think you heard not only is it telling the prospect that you're listening, but you may uncover some additional right information when you do that. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. very much so. Um, okay. Four uncommon ways to ask for quality referrals without being a jerk. Talk <laughs> about that. <laughs> well, uh, the first part, um, we have to be confident when we're asking. I think mm-hmm. most people are really passive when they're asking for referrals. Mm-hmm. Um, they'd say, I kind of maybe like to have a referral if it's not too much trouble. Oh, never mind. Here's a business card. Right. Referrals are given to confident people. We need to have a confident ask. Or a better way of saying it is when we're on a sales call, I'll ask my clients to say, well, how do you want to be perceived? Now, I'll hear words like, I want to be confident, upbeat, professional, educated, caring, trustworthy. I said, okay, you got a good picture of who that person is. They say, yeah. Right. That's the person we need asking for referrals. What happens in sales is we go out and we give that confident, upbeat, professional presentation. 
But when it comes to referrals, we downshift. We're passive when we ask for referrals. Huh. The same person who's selling should be the same person asking for referrals. Yeah. That's a big piece. Um, I also, when I'm asking for referrals, so I don't want to come across the wrong way. If I was talking to you, let's be hypothetical. You've been a client of mine for a couple of years. Right. I would say, Nancy, can I ask a question? And you'll say, yeah. Uh, I just want to get some feedback. We've been working together for a year or two. Uh, we've taken care of this problem. We helped you out here. We took care of that. What are some things you liked about working with me or my team? Okay. I literally ask for feedback, what you like about working with me or my team. I'll say what else. And then I just simply pivot and say, Nancy, who are two people who would appreciate those things? I love it. They've just, it's, a, it's my simplified referral ask, but they've just told me why they should give me referrals and give right. me a compliment. I'm in a great spot to ask for referrals. Sure. Um, yeah. The other, the other piece I'll do, and, and I, I think this is really relevant nowadays when it comes to referrals. Um, I think people are too busy where a name and a number is not enough. Okay. I mean, we're, we, we've all have referrals or maybe business cards have been referred to people who left a message, but they've never called us back. Right. So I've kind of created a, a silver bullet. It's what I call a silver bullet allows us to get through uh, all that muck and noise out there and have that referral catch his attention and, and call me back. Right. The definition of a silver bullet is a bit of information that I know that an average Joe on the street doesn't know. A bit of information that I know that an average Joe on the street doesn't know. And I want to draft off the referee off of their relationship onto that first voicemail, onto that first phone call or that first right. meeting. Well, how it's do you generally find that given out? When the, when the referral gives it to you. I'm sorry. How do you find that out? The silver. Um, let's just say if, if you've, uh, you've given me, referred me to uh, Bill Anderson. We'll just use that name. Okay. And I'd say, all right, ask some generic questions. How long have you known him? How big is his team? Where's he at? Just some stuff that I think we do a good uh, comma answer question, answer question. I think we do a pretty good job of that. Then I shift gears and say, hey, just curious, what type of decision maker is Bill? Is Bill a numbers guy? Is he a talker or is he a driver? Okay. And I watch them in their face like, ah, I got to think about them. Yeah, I want you thinking about that relationship because that's what I'm drafting off of. Right. So I say, what type of decision maker is, is he a numbers guy? Is he a talker? Is he a driver? And then I'll hit him with the one I love asking. Hey, just curious, what do you respect most about him? Huh. Love asking that question because then, like, oh man, now I really have to think about him. I say, yeah, you do. <laughs> That's what I want you thinking about him. And I'll usually, generally, I'll even ask what else. Yeah. So I'm just writing down all these silver bullets and some examples of uh, uh, de-identified silver bullets. Is uh, Mark referred me to Aaron. Aaron was used to work for him. Had three people underneath him. Now has fifty. He's a great guy. Great family guy. Uh, progressive thinker. He's not a meathead. Okay. That's what the refer referee gave me about Aaron. Okay. <laughs> when I called Aaron, I said, Hey, Aaron, and I'm a script guy. I use the same yep. piece I've used over years. I said, Hey, Aaron, it's Joe Palo. We haven't actually met. So I don't want you racking your brain trying to figure out who I am. Mark mentioned your name the other day. He said, You're not a meathead. 612 805 7576. And I left. That's it. That's it. <laughs> 15 minutes later, Aaron called me back. Right. Became a good client, a good friend, and he is a meathead. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's the value of a silver bullet. Yeah. It, and it gets, gets them calling back. Uh, and, and it will work. It's incredibly effective, but you have to take your time and get them right away. Right. Um, I'll say something else, too, that may help out your your, your listeners. Um, 
This works really good when you get a referral. Okay. But it also works really well with all the referrals you've gotten for the past three months or six months. What's to stop you from going back to the referee and say, hey, a while back you referred me to so-and-so. I tried catching him, but hey, just curious, what type of decision maker? Is he a numbers guy? Is he a talker? Is he a driver? Right. Get a silver bullet on your existing referrals, freshen them up. Yeah. And then you just leave it on a message, on a voicemail. I love it. I love uh, I, it. I can say one other thing that's pretty important. When I left that message for Aaron, I put his number in my phone because I want to have that. Right. He called me back within 15 minutes. And a lot of people want to jump in and give their presentation or their pitch right then. I don't. Yeah. It's hard to do, but I'll just say, hey, Aaron, thanks for calling back. I saw it was you. I want to take your call. I'm actually jumping in on something else. Can we set up a time for next week? Yeah. I'm talking to the person. I could have, I had the time on my calendar to do that, right. run that call, but I didn't. And the reason I don't is I don't want to get halfway through my call. And he says, Hey, Joe, I got to jump on a plane. And I lost all that momentum. Right. Right. So that's one reason. Second reason, um, it gently puts me in control of the call. Yeah. And sales, whoever it's, it's my show when I'm selling and it's your show when you're selling, but this gently allows me to do that Two, it or three, it elevates the importance of my call. Right. I'm not just a random thing. I'm on as a calendar. We put things on on a calendar. It's important. Right. And I want it out there about a week or so because I want them looking, saying, what's what that's Joe Palo. Oh, that's guy who said I'm not a meathead. Right. I want him seeing it out there for a week and thinking about me before we even get to that call. <laughs> but the, the biggest reason it allows me to be focused. Yep. In sales, I do not want to wing it. I'm going to be clearing my desk. I probably have a skill set where I could probably uh uh, run the call, but I don't want to do that. Yeah. I want to make sure that I am in control, have space, and I can do that call. And this allows me to budget for that. Yeah. But it also gives you time to do more research. Correct. I, I, I totally am in your court. You know, um, I, I never, never take a call and jump right into a sales call. I always try to find time on the calendar um, and, and, you know, do my due diligence but I love your recommendation about the silver bullets. That That is awesome. Isn't there a website that you uh, have? We can go to uh, silverbulletreferrals.com. I'll, I'll put it in the chat, silverbulletreferrals.com. Okay. It's a free download where it walks you through that piece. Yeah. Um, and there's a couple other steps on there. Um, and I, I did for the time, I didn't go through all of them. Uh, but it's just a process that is very duplicatable. Yeah. And we get you in that system. I do not count a referral unless I have a silver bullet attached to it. Love it. What a great notion. Um, you know, on your website, I think when, uh, on the first page, bold letters, how do you exceed your most ambitious sales goals without working harder? How do you? Well, you have to sell nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I say it's, it's until you're comfortable selling nothing, you really can't sell anything. And, and what that means is really what I sell and what the whole concept is, literally taking the time to have my clients tell me what they want, right? why they want it. And then I just sell that. Yeah. It's a heck of a lot simpler. Yeah. Huh. Tell me something you believe in that many people wouldn't agree with you on. Um, I would say it's using scripts when you're selling, just, I, you know, having a talk, having scripts. Yeah. If, I, if I'm speaking in a group and I'm going to talk about scripts, I'll always kind of say, hey, just curious, there's any idiots, can you raise your hand? 
and a couple people do because because they're idiots. Right. <laughs> but but I kind of joke that the reason I ask that is I'm going to talk about using scripts. And a lot of times I hear people saying, I can't use a script because I'll sound robotic. Right. And here's my thinking on that, which people may disagree with, but we work pretty hard to get the name, then to get the phone number. And then if we get the phone number, we have to get through the secretary. That's a lot of work. Or we try to get the cell number. Then we have to get them on the phone. Right. That's a lot of work to talk to a prospect. Right. Only an idiot will let themselves be passive and sound robotic on a live call. Right. And if that's the case, then that person may be in the wrong job. Now, if you think about it, and here's ways so you don't sound robotic. When I was kind of doing my role play, when I was calling Aaron, you heard me insert a chuckle. Yep. That's intentional because that makes me focus and present on the call. You cannot be passive and insert a chuckle. You know, yeah. I, I'll repeat, yeah. it says, uh, when, when I talked to Aaron, I said, Aaron, it's Joe Palo. I don't want you racking your brain trying to figure out who I am. We haven't met yet. Right. I'm chuckling right there. He hears it. Yep. And the scripts work because if you say the same thing consistently, yep. you're going to get consistent results. I am such a big fan of scripts. And, you know, when I've gotten pushback from other people, you know, I remind them, look at the actors and actresses on the big screen. It all starts with the script, right? Absolutely. It all starts Absolutely. with the script or you would never know it. And um, we we definitely, we work off of scripts. And what happens when you say it enough, it does become internalized. You don't have to use the exact wording. You want to make it your own. So um, anybody that doesn't script really risks losing the deal because they're winging it. I, I agree 100% because people say, Joe, I'm not getting referrals. I said, well, give me your pitch. If they say the same thing every time, I'm going to fix it. But if they right. say something different, heck, I don't know what's right. I don't know what's working. Right. But the other thing too, most people in sales are sitting there in the meetings thinking, what am I going to say next? What am I going to say next? That's all they're thinking. Yeah. They're yeah. not listening. If no. you know what you're going to say, you can listen. What a huge benefit in sales, actually, to hear what your client wants. Oh, totally. And, and you know, when you think about it, so you, you, um, you have your script in your head and the real work comes when you shut up and you start listening to their issues, their pains. You can empathize with them and really get them to, you know, continue to, um, I guess, you know, get them talking about their pain. That's success in Absolutely. sales. Hey, um, I cannot believe, believe it or not, we're up in time, Joe. Didn't that go by fast? <laughs> sure did, yes. <laughs> Holy cow. Um, what is the one takeaway you want to leave the audience with? Um, I would say if they want to apply something in sales, take a minute just to repeat back what they just said. Yep. It's, it's just incredibly valuable, and you differentiate yourself from everybody else. Uh, you get away from the show up, throw up pitch yeah. uh, that everyone does. Um, I personally believe whoever's talking is buying. In a selling situation, if I am talking more than you are, yeah, I'm selling you. I'm buying your objections. Yeah, um, listening and then repeating back what they said. That's the talking you should do. Asking questions and repeat back. I totally agree, folks. Listen to this man. He knows what he's talking about. Joe, how can my people find you? Uh, you can go to sellnothing.co. Okay. My website sellnothing.co. I couldn't afford the M. And why is that? <laughs> uh, a Bitcoin company bought sellnothing.com and they want like 15000 for an M. Oh my God, forget it's, it. It's sellnothing.co, C-O. Okay, we'll take it. We'll find sure. you. I'm sure you're on LinkedIn as well. 
I'm on LinkedIn and uh, actually you can go there. They copy my book, How to Sell Nothing, The Logical Way to Make the uh, Emotional Sale. It's right. also on my website as well. Awesome. All right. Well, first, thank you so much for uh, spending time with us today. You're fascinating. I love your silver bullet referral uh, approach, and I'm definitely going to look at it myself. And for everyone out there listening, take advantage of Joe's expertise, reach out to him, get a copy of that book, and make it an awesome sales day. See you next time. The Conversational Selling Podcast is sponsored by One of a Kind Sales. If you are frustrated that you don't have enough leads or your sales team complains that they just don't have enough time to prospect, we can help. To work with Nancy and her team to help you manage your sales team, install her proven outbound sales process, and create more bottom line results, email her now at nancy at oneofakindsales.com. To learn more about Nancy and her outbound sales secrets, grab your free copy of her book, The Inside Sales Solution, at oneofakindsales.com forward slash book.